0: Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth.
1: And I'm Ramy. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore.
0: From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity.
1: What are we talking about exactly?
0: This episode...
1: Wait, is there an event of the day?
0: Oh, I couldn't find anything particularly interesting for the this day in history, but I will mention that in 1961 on October 6th, which is the day we're recording, President Kennedy urged Americans to build bomb shelters because of the Cold War.
1: Yes. It's funny that we're talking about fallout so much on our other podcast, and that comes up today.
0: Which I would have. If I would have had the money, I would do it still, just because I think it would be cool to have. I don't think anybody, they're definitely probably where we live, is never going to have anything like that happen likely. But still, I think it would be cool to have Yes, nice little hangout spot when you want to get away. Now, this episode, I was going to originally just do Resurrection Mary, but that would have been very short. So I have two ghostly hitchhikers to talk about today.
1: I like Resurrection Mary.
0: I really like the Unsolved Mysteries when it comes to that story. The show? Yeah. Resurrection Mary began in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and it's probably Chicago's most famous ghost. She has been seen since the 1930s, and the legend is that she had went out to a dance at the O. Henry Ballroom. It's now called the Willowbrook, and it's located at 8900 Archer Avenue. She's said to have gotten into an argument with her boyfriend and decided to hitchhike down Archer Avenue, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: between Willowbrook and the gates of the Resurrection Cemetery, which is located at 7600 Archer Avenue, she was hit by a car and killed. Oh. In a hit and run. So That's the car hap- did not stop. Okay. Soon after her death, people began to see a girl in a long white dress with blonde hair hitchhiking along Archer Avenue. But some people say it's a dark haired girl. Mm-hmm. Who knows? The first person to have an encounter with Resurrection Mary was in 1936. His name was Jerry Palus. P A L U S, Palace. Maybe. I don't know. He was from the South Side and he met a girl at the Liberty Grove and hall near 47th and mozart he danced with her all night and he described her as being very cold to the touch she later asked him for a ride home and somewhere in the bridgeport area of chicago she decided she'd like to go for a ride past the catholic cemetery along archer avenue as they were approaching the main gates of the cemetery she began to act very strangely according to him and she told him to pull over and that she had to get out of the car at this cemetery okay And that Jerry could not follow her. (laughs) This is so bizarre. She then quickly got out of the car and ran towards the gates of the cemetery. Before reaching the gates, she vanished right in front of him. Oh. So he decided to visit her home. And that's where Mary's mother told him that her daughter had been dead for quite some time.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. True love. And she's already dead till death already done you part.
1: So much for that.
0: He saw a picture of Mary on a table in the home. And he was convinced that it was the same girl he had danced with.
1: That's sweet. In its own weird little way, this whole story is sweet. Mm -hmm. I think they've made movies, right?
0: Yes, there are a few movies. I didn't get to watch them because I'm not paying for them. I feel like if I'm paying a subscription fee, then I'm not purchasing a movie from you. I'll just get it on DVD somewhere else. Some other encounters with Resurrection Mary. An article from the Suburban Trib on January 31st, 1979. It was written by Bill Geist.
1: That's a nice name. A ghost story name that he's made for books. I might be just making fun of this guy's name for no reason. I don't know. Like Beetle Geist, remember?
0: Yeah, Geist. He said, quote, it was Thursday night, would have been two weeks ago, and I was lost, basically, says Ralph, a cab driver. Okay. All these are going to be quotes, by the way, just so that's not confusing. I dropped this big spender way the hell down in palace heights (laughs) or hills or someplace like that and was trying to make my way back to the tollway i just turned on to archer down there where it's still a lonely road especially at midnight and there she was she was standing there with no coat on by the entrance to this little shopping center no coat (laughs) and it was one of those real cold ones too
1: She was a tough one.
0: She didn't put out her thumb or nothing like that. (laughs) She just looked at my cab. Of course I stopped. I figured maybe she had car trouble or something. And then he said that she hopped in the front seat and that she had on a fancy kind of white dress like she had been to a wedding or something. Back to the quotes. Just so you know, I don't talk this way. Quote, she was a looker, a blonde. She was young enough to be my daughter. 21 tops. Oh no,
1: your daughter.
0: Ralph, I believe was in his 50s, maybe just slightly younger at the time, but I'm not sure. Dirty boy. Quotes. I asked her where she was going and she said she had to get home. I asked her what was wrong, if she had had car trouble or what, but she really didn't answer me. She was fuzzy. Maybe she'd had a couple of drinks or something or was just tired. I don't know. The only thing she did really say was the snow came the early this year or the snow's come early this year or something like that. Other than that, she just nodded when I asked sometimes if we were supposed to just keep going up Archer. She was just looking out the window at the snow and the trees and that. Her mind was a million miles away. A couple miles up Archer, there, she jumped with a start like a horse and said, here. I hit the brakes. (laughs) I looked around and didn't see no kind of house. Where? I said. And then she sticks out her arm and points across the road to my left and says, there. He said he looked to his left and then seen a shack and that she just vanished from the car. He insisted that he never heard the car door
1: open. I don't know what's more interesting, the things that these people said or (laughs) the events themselves. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) There was another part of something he said and it went along the lines of maybe she had smoked something or something when he I was mean, talking I, about how strangely she was acting. Laudanum
1: or something that just <laughs> drips. <them out. laughs> Everything's a haze.
0: Well, she probably is in a haze. She was hit with a car.
1: Oh, yeah. Most certainly. Yeah. Eternally concussed. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. May
0: 1978, a young couple, Sean and Jerry, were driving down Archer when they saw a girl suddenly run across the road in front of them. Jerry yelled at her husband, Sean. To watch out for what? the woman. That's, That's
1: the way the names work?
0: Uh, no, I've I was like, I reread it a few times and I'm like, is this right?
1: When I hear Sean and Jerry, I thought a uh, gay couple.
0: He realized that even though he had hit the brakes, that it was too late and he was going to hit the woman with the car. They described it as the car cutting right through the image and that it was just a soft blur that was left on the side of the road before completely disappearing. August 10th, 1976, at about 1030 p.m., The Justice Police Department received a call from a man who stated that he was driving past the cemetery when he saw a girl that appeared to be locked inside. When the police got to the cemetery, they looked for a girl with the spotlight, and they called out on a speaker, but they didn't find anyone. They did find that two of the bars on the gates had been bent apart.
1: That's alarming.
0: And there was impressions of handprints and what looked like skin texture. It also seemed to have
1: scorch marks. A little hell girl.
0: The marks were shown to various copper and bronze experts, but they couldn't explain how the bar could have been bent. And during Halloween, people would come out to see the bars. So the cemetery had to hacksaw them out and hide them to keep people from seeing the scorch marks. And I don't know why, unless people were vandalizing the cemetery or something. I don't know why it would make that much of a difference.
1: I guess they don't want other people annoying the mourners.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: On Halloween? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Whoever that is. I
0: guess. The cemetery insists that the bars were bent when a front-end loader truck backed into the gates while doing sewer work, and they attempted to straighten the bars by torching them to soften them.
1: That sounds true.
0: They said they then grabbed the bars with an asbestos glove, which is what caused the hand marks.
1: Okay. It all sounds very dangerous, but it's in the 70s.
0: Yeah. I think an asbestos glove is something that they would use for, like, firefighters. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's meant to...
1: I'm pretty sure they use them in metal work, too.
0: Yeah, not allow you to be burned as easy. Oh, yeah. The Resurrection Mausoleum is also said to be on it. Lights will go on and off by themselves. Organ music randomly plays, and the alarm systems will go off. But Joey is on the fire department, and alarm systems go off all the time for no reason. I, I think it's just the systems, to be yeah.
1: honest. <laughs> when Mom was in charge of the uh, manager of the convenience store, she would get calls all time of the night talking about their alarm going off she'd have to drive over well, at Well, in that twice. location,
0: it probably was somebody trying to get in.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it was the employees just trying to get in because the keys never fit.
0: And obviously, nobody was supposed to be in the building at these times when all this was going on. That's why they found it suspicious. Mm-hmm. October 10th, 1979, on Archer Avenue, all of Archer Avenue experienced a massive blackout. Oh. It was determined that the blackout was centered in the mausoleum.
1: That's unusual.
0: Yeah, that part's unusual. Party in the mausoleum. <laughs> The Monster Mash. August 12th, 1976, two days after the cemetery gate bars were discovered bent, a Cook County squad car was investigating a hit-and-run victim. They found a girl in a Mustang with her CB microphone in her hands, and they asked her where the body could be found, but she said as soon as they turned on 79th Street, the body on the side of the road disappeared. I don't think she would have called the police if she hadn't. Well, I don't know, because some people do that, I guess. I'd be too afraid that I'd get in trouble. One early morning, it was about 2.30 a.m., a man was heading to work and had just passed Shet's Lounge when he saw a body of a woman lying in front of the gates.
1: People are just dying to get in.
0: <laughs> he stopped to look at the lady lying there, and she was still alive.
1: <laughs> so well, at <look-a> there.
0: <laughs> he went to the police station. Okay, that's I'm reasonable. I'm assuming this was a time when cell phones was not popular. Or, or invented. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And he told them he needed an ambulance, and went back. The body was gone, but there was an impression where the body was lying.
1: Just a little bit too much heroin.
0: (laughs) On August 29th, the 30th, and the 31st, in 1980, Resurrection Mary was seen by dozens of people. Many people called the Justice Police to report
1: it. I like that, the Justice Police. (laughs) Sounds like a superhero.
0: They never found her, but they found many people who was flagging them down to report what they had seen. Oh, as well. September 7th, 1980, Claire Lopez Rendinsky, she was traveling with her boyfriend and two other friends and they were driving down south down Archer Avenue when they spotted a girl walking on the grass on the right-hand side of the road. Mm-hmm. They immediately knew it was Resurrection Mary. They said that when they looked at her as they drove by, they noticed that she did not have a face and described it as looking like a black hole or a void where the face should have been.
1: That would be nightmare fuel. That
0: would be terrifying. Mm -hmm. Just keep driving. Mind your own business.
1: (laughs) Does this stare not tell you to go away?
0: (laughs) September 5th, 1980, Tony Kay. He was a non-believer man from the south side and was driving south on Archer that night. What is a non-believer man? He didn't believe in the supernatural or ghosts.
1: You could have just cut out the man there.
0: Okay. Tony K was a non-believer from the south side. He was driving south on Archer that night and saw a girl standing on the side of the road wearing a white dress. He stopped to ask her if she wanted a ride and she accepted. She asked him to take her down Archer and he tried to have a conversation with her, but she was not having it. He was not successful. Apparently, she would only answer, just take me down Archer. But from when I was reading this, it kind of sounded like he was trying to flirt with her and... So on, so I can understand why. He even tried saying she looked like Resurrection Mary, but that he knew there was no such thing, and she wanted no part of that conversation either.
1: He's a non-believer man.
0: (laughs) He tried to get her to go to Shet's Lounge and asked her for...
1: The money to pay for the food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And asked her if she would like a drink. He said he was going 45 miles per hour from the stoplight at 63rd and Archer until he got to the main gates of the cemetery. But the girl had disappeared from the passenger seat without him taking his foot off the gas pedal.
1: I don't break for nothing, honey. I don't
0: blame her. You won't stop trying to get me to go to a bar and have a drink with you. and fl- I'm disappearing. Bye.
1: Ghosting ya. I wonder if that's where that came from. <clears throat> Just
0: before Christmas in 1980, she was seen dancing down Archer, east of Harlem. <laughs> Two young men...
1: Why are there not young women picking her up?
0: The two young men who saw her realized something very unusual was happening. (laughs) I would too. (laughs) They stood there and watched as she danced by them. They said they got a strange sensation as this happened. Other people walking by acted as if they didn't even notice the girl, which is just like when I act like I don't notice the crackhead in the gas station late at night. (laughs)
1: They got a strange sensation. That's called puberty.
0: They had never heard of Resurrection Mary, apparently, until they went home and told their father about this experience. And he
1: gave him the birds and the beast. <laughs>
0: <talk>. <laughs> and he explained that it was Resurrection Mary after they described how she
1: looked. That'd be alarming to learn that that happened. I wouldn't go out again <laughs> if I was like that young.
0: <laughs> and Mary had been seen dancing around the fence of the cemetery a week before this as well.
1: And people just assumed she wanted out and told the police again. <laughs> She's dancing, trying her best. Look at her flail. Oh. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. This is a tragic story in its own way.
0: Uh, August 13th, mm-hmm. 1980. Nick, a Brookfield man, was driving along Archer en route from the Holy Cross Hellenic Church. <laughs> what?
1: I have no idea where that's at. It has to be in Chicago. August. Holy
0: Cross Hellenic Church. H E L L E N I C. He reached the main gates of the cemetery and noticed a black object up the road out of the view of his headlights. Between the gates and the mausoleum, he said his headlights hit the figure of a girl in a long flowing white dress. And I'm going to quote this. She walked right up to the end of the road, then just walked right into the middle of my lane. I could see her clearly. She was walking very slowly, and I took my foot off the pedal, and the car began to slow. She walked to the median strip, hesitated for a minute, and that's when I passed her. She had her palms kind of turned up, and I don't think she was wearing any shoes. I thought at first it was a kid pulling a prank, but it was so dark, so desolate. Nobody else was on the road. She just walked right out there in the middle, a short-haired blonde girl with this flowing white dress, her hands outstretched like that. It was creepy.
1: It sounds creepy enough. Even
0: if it was a person, that's still creepy.
1: I can see why she hesitated if it was a person. (laughs) She's clearly about to get ran down.
0: And a few more little facts about Resurrection Mary. Some believe that the ghost is Mary Bregervy, a young girl who died March 10th, 1934, not along Archer Avenue, but in downtown Chicago. She was said to have short black hair, not blonde, (laughs) and... Her grave was in a section of the cemetery that was said to be bulldozed many years ago because of drainage problems.
1: Did they move her?
0: I hope so, but who knows? i not
1: explaining the issues here.
0: Yeah, Shet's Melody Lounge on Archer Avenue in Justice, across from the street from Resurrection Cemetery, has a tradition for Mary. Every Sunday, they serve a Bloody Mary at the end of the bar for her.
1: That's sweet. Yeah. And
0: and sometimes, apparently, she shows up.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I wonder who plays Mary every time. <laughs>
0: Do you get different people? Is that why she has blonde hair and black hair? Sometimes. And that's all I have for Resurrection Mary. We're going to head into the red-headed hitchhiker. This one's a man. Located in Rehoboth, R-E-H-O-B-O-T-H, Massachusetts.
1: I love Massachusetts.
0: On Route 44. He's described as being a well-built man between the ages of 45 and 55 normally wearing a red flannel shirt, dirty jeans, boots, longish red hair, bushy red beard, and empty, soulless eyes. He's sometimes seen with his thumb out, but sometimes he doesn't have his thumb out. And he will only get in the back seat, never in the front, even said by some to show up in their back seat without them stopping to pick him up.
1: That's not friendly.
0: No. When asked where he is headed, he will never answer. He will simply point down the road in the direction they are traveling. After a while, he will start to giggle. And then those giggles turn into uncontrollable, sinister laughter.
1: He's not as friendly as Mary.
0: No, I would much rather pick up Mary. Or have Mary just randomly get in my vehicle. It's Either way, I would rather have her.
1: (laughs) If I had to have any of these experiences, I'd rather just see Mary laying on the side of the road as I drove by. A lot of people seem to have that one. Yeah. (laughs) Or see her acting like a whirling dervish behind the gates.
0: Yeah. Eventually, he will simply vanish without the car stopping. No matter how fast the car is going, one person saw the hitchhiker's face by his car window while he was driving down Route 44. He described it as if the face was floating alongside him. Another said after he vanished from her car, the radio went silent and then his creepy laughter came back, taunting her by name. Oh. And apparently he really likes to play with the radio because I've read a lot of them where he would speak through the radio and taunt them through the radio. Huh. I don't like that.
1: Mm Mm-mm. I don't listen to the radio in the car.
0: He's also been known to yell at them. (laughs) Yeah. It is unknown who this guy is. Some believe he may have been someone that was involved in a fatal car crash or was hit by a car and killed while walking along the road. But it's also said that he could be the spirit of a farmer from the 19th
1: century before the road was built there. It might explain why you don't know where he's going.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Why are you so mad, though?
1: Because you're all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere that you recognize, and somebody's got this weird metal wagon hauling you around.
0: (laughs) There's also stories of people driving through him, and when they stop, they can't find any marks to show that they hit anything. And some have seen him on the side of the road, and he will vanish into the woods. Or they'll see him standing there waving like a creep before vanishing. (laughs)
1: Like Pennywise going to the dairy.
0: Charles Robinson mentioned a couple of experiences in his 1994 book, New England Ghost Files. A couple who broke down at about 10 p.m. The woman stayed in the car while the man went to get help. They both suffered separate experiences. The man saw him on the side of the road and tried to talk to him. And the redheaded man began yelling at him and then disappeared, laughing from all directions as the man made his way back to the car. And while this was happening, the woman heard his voice come over the radio, taunting her until she ran from the car.
1: Oh, I wouldn't leave the car. What's the point? You don't know. Well, the car's
0: not going anywhere anyway.
1: But I guess you could chase after your husband.
0: Well, the thing is, I wouldn't have been left there in the first place because I would have been like, no, we're going to lock the car up. Now I'm going to walk with you. Better yet, we have cell phones now. I'm calling somebody or getting an Uber. Apparently, law enforcement does not like the attention the ghostly redheaded man brings, such as the paranormal investigators. Some people in the area don't have a problem with it, but law enforcement, I guess, finds it an inconvenience. I can see that. And before I get into some theories and the other notes, I have another one that I would like to mention. I think it happened in California. I'm not sure. There was this woman that was nude on the side of the road, just laying on the side of the road. Okay. I forgot what road it was on, but people would drive by and they saw this nude woman laying on the side of the road and they would call the police but they never could find anything eventually they found a car over the hill in that location with a woman dead inside and her son was barely holding on to life but he was still oh, alive yes
1: i heard about this that
0: one i believe is also on unsolved mysteries yeah that's
1: where i've heard about it
0: yes and i figured that there wasn't much to that one but it was a it's kind of spooky and sweet Yeah. She managed to save her son after death. Now I'm going into the theories and a few other little notes to mention. Michael White's theory in his book Weird Science, The Unexplained Explained by Science, he writes about hallucinations and claims it explains away the majority of the hitchhiker stories. During long drives at night in secluded places, people tend to fall asleep, and the repetitive scenery, the sound of the motor, and the constant yellow and white lines in the road put us in this hypnotic state. Yeah. It stimulates the beginning and ending stages of sleep when we begin to enter a type of dream state, but we're kind of still awake. Our imagination is fed by the stories we hear about an area or the cliche environment we are in, and we start to see things that are not there. People have even been known to interact and feel physical sensations from this stage of sleep. And as I said, this is considered a form of hypnosis, which also explains those times when you get home from driving and you can't remember driving home and you're like, how am I alive? How did I not wreck?
1: I've never had that happen to me. I have. Even in my young years when I'd stay out way late and then drive home as the sun came up, I remember thinking, this is probably unsafe. But I only have to go a short distance, which they they always say that's when you have the most accidents when you're close to home.
0: It is. That's where I've always hit a deer. Mm hmm It's close to home.
1: But I made it. And I remember most of these trips. I remember thinking the sun's uh, coming up behind me looking nice and driving around the church and thinking I can't wait to get to the bed. It's just around the corner.
0: And that's all I have for today.
1: Well, that was nice.
0: Yeah. Quick episode, I didn't really have much time to do anything else, well, we but did. I promise once this semester is over, all of my energy is going to be focused on this.
1: We may even start videoing some of it, uh, or something. We got our, we, I've got the Twitch account and the YouTube set up. I just got to order the cameras now, since we got the bandwidth to cover this kind of stuff.
0: Cool. Yeah. Wait a minute, so I'm going to have to start putting decent looking clothes on <laughs> and not pajamas and... Maybe a little bit of makeup.
1: Yeah, she comes up here for her hair looking like something from Frankenstein's lab. I do it- <laughs> not.
0: I had just showered before I came up here.
1: Oh, that explains the smell.
0: Of dove coconut?
1: <laughs> or sorry, cocoa butter? Oh, I'm joking. I don't know. I don't smell nothing anyway. I got too many incense burning. Okay, well, that was nice. It was a nice story. If you like what you've heard here, we're part of the Gruesome Gaming Groups Network, and we have two other podcasts on it, Leveling Duo. It's a podcast where me and my friend Dakota talk about video games we really enjoy, and we try to alternate each week who's talking about what. I also have Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I tell Beth about random tabletop role-playing games, and she tells me what she thinks about them at the end. She might take a few notes while I'm talking. All these episodes that you hear will also be on YouTube. If you'd rather watch it on YouTube or listen on a podcast player, you have an option now. There will be a link in the description of each episode of a link tree link. When you click on it, it will take you to all of our socials. You can contact us. Let Beth know what she might want to cover sometime. We have our Twitter, our YouTube, and our website for our podcasts. If you click on the website, it will have all of our episodes, all of our other shows. It'll have options to subscribe with your podcast player, and it will give you an option to tip us if you want to. Just click on whatever podcast you like and tip if you want. It'd really be appreciated. It'd help us out. If your podcast player lets you leave reviews, we would appreciate a review. But if you message any of them, it will get to the person you wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, we
0: will contact each other Yeah, to let the person you're trying to contact know.
1: We try to make it as easy as possible without making one person have to take care of all the accounts.
0: Really helps. Teamwork.
1: Yep. Thank you for listening to and I've been Rami, And I'm Beth. Goodbye.